and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan. I'm joined here today by two of my pals, Kevin O'Carroll and Jonathan Marcy. Lads, welcome. Hello. Hi, Liam. How are you doing? Now, this is special for a couple of reasons. I'm going to begin with, first of all, Marcy. Welcome back to the podcast. I know you did your awesome episode on the Steam Deck, but I haven't recorded with you in a long time. So that's exciting. It is. I'm very excited. Um it's been ages, man. It's been like twenty yeah. odd episodes, I think. Um, but you guys have been have been have been rocking. I've been listening to your your episodes a lot and um, masturbating uh, while listening to them. Um, <laughs> so they've well, been great. Like. Yeah, well, which yeah, is really exactly. fitting. That's really fitting because that's what, that's mostly what we do when we're recording. So that works out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say it's also exciting, Kev and Jonathan, to have you as a combo, which has never happened before. Mm. So I, yeah. I, I hope we, we were aim, we were aiming to do like uh, we wanted to do a topic where it was kind of like we'll all, we'd each bring a game to the table, and I think what we eventually landed on was kind of we're going to talk about games that we love, but maybe not as much as before. I don't know what's the energy you're bringing. I'm kind of I'm literally I've chosen a game that literally I used to love and I couldn't play anymore now. That's a fitting vibe for my choice anyway. I think Morrissey's one is probably a little less harsh. Yeah, I think I'm kind of more on the. I think I'm falling slowly out of love with it, but I think there's still some there's still some connection there. Um, but yeah, I think it, you, I, I can't wait to hear your games with it because I don't actually know what you've picked, Liam. I think I know what you've picked, Kev, but not what you've picked, Liam. So I'm quite quite excited. It's absolutely too late now. We just gotta gotta go on with it. But before we get onto those games, let's just uh, double the amount of games we talk about on this episode. Uh, are any are they be playing anything recently, Marcy? Since you're back. You can begin. What video games are you playing? Regale us. You can talk uh, about the last 20 episodes worth. What is that? Last year worth of games if you want. <laughs> it's just been football manager <laughs> and, and, and nothing else. Uh, oh, so, so, so nostalgic. I've been asked that in so long. Um, I'm playing two two games right now, I guess. Uh, with the Steam Deck, I always end up kind of fucking around with something else on it on the side, you know, traveling on the bus, whatever. Um, but the main thing I'm playing right now is Judgment. I'm not sure if either of you folks have played that. So uh, basically, okay, it's been off cool. of the, the Yakuza series. Yeah, I've, I've never actually, I think I played one Yakuza game a few years ago, but didn't get you know far into it. And uh, this is on sale or something. But it, it so basically, very quickly, it's, you know, you play an ex-lawyer who accidentally got a serial killer off free, uh, who then tried to kill your girlfriend. Oh. Uh, because look, it's the, the immediate uh, consequences of his actions. Yeah, I love it <laughs> right in your face. Uh, and so he leaves, uh, the, you know, the practice of law and becomes a private investigator because that's obviously what you would do. Uh, do next. Actually. Um, it's it's very similar to Yakuza. It's really wacky. Uh, it's quite. It's actually quite slow though, um, which is interesting. It's very much kind of like this mix of being very arcadey but very like very kind of like a simulator almost like you'll find you have to go have food you have to go get like have sushi to replenish your health um there's loads of mini games um washing windows is a recurring thing i have to do in the game it sounds very yakuza yeah yeah yeah, it really does, it? yeah yeah um and then next minute you know you're beating someone to death in a chicken suit um <laughs> which, which is brilliant um but the one thing i want to actually say about it was that i've it's the first time ever i've actually played a video game that wasn't uh, in English. So I actually put on the Korean uh, audio, um, the Korean voice, uh, sorry, Japanese voice acting, excuse me. I'm such a bunch of Korean movies. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it adds so much to it. Like it's, I don't have a fucking clue really what people are saying because the subtitles are really far away on my TV. But like it's... <laughs> you just go for it, yeah. You oh, just, 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 just go by the out, raw man. emotion of the piece. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I'm playing coming on the side is Max Payne 2. Uh, I won't talk That's, about any, oh, okay. anything about that. That's one of your old favorites. How's it holding up? It's, uh, yeah, I could, probably could have talked about it today, actually, instead of the oh, yeah, yeah. oh, no. Um, yeah, but it's fun. It's on Steam Deck, and it's just kind of you know, a throwaway kind of thing. So, yeah, it's been a bit of fun. They're remaking Max Payne 1 and 2. Oh, kind fully, of, uh, full got remix. I for that, because I, full remix, round up, yeah, um, both games as one package. Um, and like Marcy, I fucking loved those games when I was younger, and I went back to Max Payne 2 a year or two ago, and also like Marcy, it does not hold up. Yeah, it needs a bit of work. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely does. That's exciting though, um, and hopefully they'll remake the movie as well, so I can watch. The, <laughs> I can watch that again for the podcast. Right, that. right back into flow of having you on this podcast since you're immediately <laughs> bitter about Mark Wahlberg in some capacity. <laughs> Kev, what are you playing? So yeah, I um, 
recently picked up this uh, little-known indie gem by a small studio out of Santa Monica in the US called uh, God of War Ragnarok. And holy (laughs) shit, is it good. (laughs) Um, My God. I got it a couple of days ago. I've only got a chance to play around with it a little bit. Um, But it just, it instantly, both like in terms of, of narrative, but also like quality, it just picks up where the last game left off. There's no lead in. There's no drop off. It's just from minute one. You're like, fuck yeah, God of War. Um, oh man, I'm sure. So I'm sure we'll we'll have more to say about it towards the end of the year or start next year. But um, I know it's my fault. Yeah. I'm not like I'm not playing it, so we can't talk about it on the podcast. I'm playing it on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I've magically avoided spoilers so far, which is great. Have you, Kev? As well, are you going in completely fresh? I had minor spoilers like the night before I no. got it because I, I was going to hold off on getting it for a while and then I had a little bit spoiled for me. I was like, okay, fuck it. Time to dive in. Twitter's like a landmine for spoilers right now. You can't, I've seen two small small ones, but still, still annoying. There's people, there's people being dickheads putting stuff straight out there. I recently deleted my Twitter and I like to pretend that it's sort of a protest against Musk or something, but nah, I'm just trying to avoid God of War spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um... I think you both noticed actually, but you know, this podcast is not for you. I, I, I was recently playing. Um, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I was playing a game I wanted to get to for ages called uh, Disco Elysium, mm. which is one of the most interesting games I've ever played. I was absolutely fascinated by it. I'm not saying I was thoroughly enjoying it. I think there's a barrier to getting into that game that I had to kind of get over a little bit. I kind of, as soon as I gelled, sure. as soon as I, I said to myself, this is, the, I've played a lot of talky games. I've played like all the Ace Attorneys, <laughs> but this might be the talkiest, wordiest game I've ever played. And as soon as I kind of got into that mindset, I was enjoying it. But um, I died. I kicked a bunker in it, yeah. a whole bunker. Mm. I kicked yeah. a whole bunker because I wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> I had two little squares I had left in it. I'm not even talking about this game in detail about how it plays or anything. I'm just talking about my experience. I kicked a bunker and I died. And the game hadn't quick saved in two hours or a bit more than two hours. Oh, and gosh. what's annoying yeah. is... What is annoying is that the game does quick save, so it just hadn't it just hadn't decided to do it in two hours. And also, what's other annoying is that the game never told me to maybe to manually save it, even just a little prompt. Because I'm playing it on the Switch, and for, with Switch games, I don't know about you, I don't, I just turn off. I put the Switch into sleep whenever I'm done. Whole, whole point yeah. of it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then, so I I hadn't seen the main menu of that thing. So I'm waiting till the new year. Essentially, I think I said something really angry, like "I'll wait a year" or something like that. I'm not playing this game. But I'm going to wait until I'm going to wait until I read. We're doing I live. It's so much time spent reading. So much time spent reading dialogue that um that I've lost, and you know, and I was, I was really enjoying it. I actually can't go back into it, so I'm going to wait until next year. And Kev, I know you were saying you're like you really want to talk to me about like the second two thirds of that game. You say you're like our absolute yeah. masterpieces and stuff like that. But yeah, will we will we go on to the main event here, which 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 I guess is. Games we like, but maybe not as much as before. I think hopefully we'll be able to not only talk about you know, you know how game design changes over time, but maybe how we as people existentially have changed over time. Maybe we can get into the deep questions with this topic. You know? Yeah, probably not. No, I'm out. yeah, change my mind. Okay, um, Jonathan, welcome back. I'm going to give you. I'm a first go. Yeah, is that okay? I feel like I've been picked out, you know, at school or something. I was, I was, <laughs> I was purposely not looking at you to see if you'd pick Kev first. Ah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if I've, just, if I've changed that much since this <laughs> game came out. Um, but it is a question I do want to pose to you. Has like the the gaming industry maybe moved on uh, since this game came out since I played it? So um, today I'd love to talk about Deus Ex, Human Revolution. Um, ah. I love the Deus Ex games. I know Kev, you had mentioned you played the first one. Um, yeah, loved it. Uh, Liam, have, have, you, have you played any of the series before? I played Revol- Human Revolution, but not much of it. Okay, so yeah. and I know Owen had neither, so I knew it was something that the kind of the podcast. I was always, I don't think yeah. I've ever pitched it, but you know, Owen and you would just shoot me down and that's get, not true. Get back, back under the stairs. I love I topics where I don't know in. anything. I, yeah, I love topics true. where I don't know anything about them, so I can just like not do any work. You, 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 I shouldn't <laughs> reveal that, but it's true. It's the, the, my least favorite episode we ever ever did. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, this is I'm bringing all, all the dirty... You favourite. Oh, wow. Cool. The one I enjoyed I recording probably, probably these. Yes. I'm bringing out the dirty laundry. <laughs> here. No, was The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, right? Because I had such a passion for it 
that I almost kind of like I didn't I didn't ex- I didn't sell what I needed to sell it. I felt like I let the game down. So I love talking about things I don't give a shit about. Mercy. <laughs> it's actually so true. My least favorite part of the, the like was when I did Skyrim because I had so much to say and it's like you yeah. get you kind of get tongue tied. Anyway, this game is shit now. So I don't. Oh, uh, this is this is gonna be fine. Oh, um, but uh, Deus Ex for anyone who doesn't know it, uh, it's an action uh, role playing game uh, developed by Idios. Montreal and published by Square Enix. Uh, I think it's the third game in the series uh, after Deus Ex and then Deus Ex Invisible War. The second one, don't need to talk about it anymore. I've already talked enough about it there. Um, basically, gameplay-wise, it's kind of like this kind of mishmash of you know first-person shooter, stealth, and role-playing elements. I'm doing our listeners can't see this at all. I'm doing like air quotes uh, with my with my hands. Um, sure is uh, fairly light on that. Um, but the idea is that you know this is a game where you know conversations are very important. You know, conversation in characters there's this you know crazy variety of responses uh, options in the conversations apparently are supposed to affect crucial story points later in the game um and none of that really actually happens is what i've kind of come to realize after replaying it um but to kind of give you an idea of what this one is about um so and like i, I have copied this from wikipedia because it sounds so ridiculous but it's exactly <laughs> what the game is and i was like oh my god um so set in the year 2027 which is like in five years. That doesn't yes. really feel in any way in the future. Like that. Um, uh, players control Adam Jensen, a security officer for Sarif Industries, a company which develops controversial artificial organs dubbed augmentations. Uh, after an attack on Sarif, Jensen undergoes extensive augmentation and investigates the shadowy organization behind the attack. The story explains themes of transhumanism and the grow- growing power of mega corporations and their impact on social class. It also uses the series cyberpunk setting and conspiracy theory motif. Now that, that sounds good. It it sounds very serious, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> let me continue. Um, so uh, it does it does try to kind of get itself across as a very uh, you know serious, highbrow, you know has big things to say type of game. Um, and back when it came out in 2011, when I was 23. Uh, giving away my age there um it, it felt like that it did genuinely feel like a game that i once i finished i was kind of going, wow that was a that was like an experience i'd, I'd love to play it again someday like I, I really feel like i have lots of questions after i can't wait for the sequel um and you know I, I did love it um it was a great year for games actually 2011 was like i think what we had skyrim uh, possibly portal 2 i think portal 2 maybe 2010 maybe i might be right be. Sky, be. skyward sword i think it was 2011 as well yeah yep. uh uncharted 3 uh because i remember being very very excited for that um so it was a huge year and i remember but i remember at the end of that year uh maybe i was talking to you or owen actually because uh, we've known each other for too long um uh, but I remember thinking, we did yeah yeah i didn't know kev <laughs> but kev you were alive um so well, have you heard <laughs> have you been talking to the <laughs> <laughs> creed in the office um but uh i i think it, it kept my attention i remember feeling it was one of the best games i genuinely had played that year um you know it felt like this great blend of rpg i did the air quotes again a stealth action and a great story to kind of really back it up um i remember at the time it kind of reminded me a bit of mass effect 2 in regards to these you know as you go through the story you have these you know these quests you take on these people you meet and the dialogue options and things you say affect the story in fact what happens to you so it kind of feels like each playthrough is kind of your own a little bit and everyone gets to make their own little adam jensen um again this is me speaking from a 2011 kind of point of view and kind of what i used to think yeah, yeah. um i loved adam jensen as well as a character uh elias tufekas i literally googled that's how you pronounce his name that is actually how you pronounce it elias to elias tufekas uh he's very very gravelly voice he's like i'm adam jensen it's pretty good impersonation actually um you can google he's, he's done lots of voice work uh you can definitely google him liam um if you've got access to the internet um but he was this fantastic kind of no-nonsense ex-cop wears like this matrix style long kind of jacket and sunglasses the whole time um so i don't know how i thought he was cool at all in 2011 but genuinely did think he was a fantastic deep character who had a lot of, a, a lot to him um it looked great for a ps3 game uh it was a little bit kind of it was a bit janky uh even for the time um but the and i don't know if you got this new play this small bit liam the setting was really cool and like that still really holds up today um again you know Detroit won't look like that in five years um but uh, it's set mostly in Detroit you do go to to a city in China and Singapore as well um but it's very kind of inspired by Robocop and kind of Blade Runner and even I was kind of reading a bit about the art direction um it's this kind of mix of renaissance 
style artwork and kind of the cyberpunk element. So it looks fantastic and it really does feel like a really cool uh, livable uh, you know, kind of city. So in um, five years, we're going to bring in cyberpunk to society and via a renaissance kind of avenue is that what uh, we're doing as a society apparently and i've been to detroit detroit right now <laughs> looks like it's in 1995 so <laughs> i don't know what they're going to do that in the next we're five being years sponsored by the detroit oh, no. city board <laughs> <laughs> um well we've really fallen fallen low on the, the support game there um but it was also and it is still a game that prides itself on this idea of being able to complete missions you know in any way you want. And I already kind of mentioned that a little bit. Um, you know, example, there's a really early mission where you can, you know, you have to go get this dossier that has a bunch of, you know, secret information in it that's in, you know, the, the basement of a police station. And you can do it in, you know, any way you want. You can go in guns blazing, you can sneak in through the vents, um, you can talk to the receptionist and kind of, you know, kind of persuade him to let you pass and let you go in because you're an ex-cop. Um, and so again, back in 2011, that felt kind of fresh at the time. Every game has that now and kind of pushes it to the front of a, you know, as being a big selling feature. But at the time, it was great. And so when I got the Steam Deck, uh, when I actually first ordered it, I was kind of thinking of the games I wanted to play. And I was like, I'd like to go back and play something from the, the 2010s um, because I actually don't replay many games from that decade. Usually if I'm replaying something, you know, it's something much older or, uh, you know, just playing something new that came out. Um, so it was kind of at the top uh, top of the list uh, for something to play. So I was excited. And it runs really well on the deck, uh, you know, it, it looks far better on a smaller screen than it did on a on a kind of the older widescreen TV I probably had back in the day. Um, so things started off pretty well. I was getting sucked into it, uh, enjoying the, the soundtrack, and kind of enjoying Adam Jensen's ridiculous voice. Like really, Google if you haven't heard what that man sounds like in this game, uh, <laughs> Google it. Um, I'm trying to think of something else he's done that you might know him from. Um, I think he he's been he might have been in Arrow. Have you any of you watched Arrow? No, yeah, no. I don't really. <laughs> no, here's here's garbage. Um, but we're not talking about a garbage arrow, is um, <laughs> that's the next episode? Yeah, next episode, exactly. Yeah, fall of um, CW is the title of the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had really wanted to to do uh, a stealth playthrough, kind of like a pacifist. I'm not going to kill anyone. And did you do in. that when you were younger? Uh, no, I didn't. I remember uh, very specifically. But I, man, it's so weird. John, like John, before the age of twenty five, like how how can I be as evil as possible in this video game? Like, you know, I mean? like, you know Mass Effect 2, when you, uh, you're, your face, you've scars in your face, and actually, it was so stupid, but they started I to get could, red. Yeah, the worst. Yeah. I could not play Mass Effect 2 as Renegade, as the evil one. <laughs> like, we talked about this when we did an episode, and I was shocked that you could like play that game and not want to be Captain Kirk. <laughs> yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd just be this like evil guy and punching oh, people. No, not I was for a, me. I, I was the worst man. I, like, I, I nearly had sex with every character in the game, but didn't. <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to upset people. God, it's, it's really weird. Your Commander Shepard from when you were 25 is very like the 25-year-old John Morrissey that I knew. Very, <laughs> <Yeah>. very similar. <laughs> All these scars in my face. Um, but like, I, I, I remember playing, actually, speaking of passive runs, I played Undertale. Yeah. Earlier in the year, I tried my best to do you know the kind of the, the famous kind of pass from that, and I couldn't yeah. do it. It was just it was too such a tricky game. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Deus Ex, I'm like, I'm going in, not going to kill a single soul. Going to kind of you know new John, uh, new me. Um, and like first few missions is fine. I'm able to sneak around. Uh, it's it's 2011 AI, right? So everyone just every guard walks the exact same route, and that's what the game really is. It gives you a mission. You, you 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 go to the waypoint. You have to either steal something or kill someone or knock someone out, and you have to get out again. That's really kind of the game summed up. Um, so I'm sneaking around, hacking into computers to get into buildings. Uh, you know, making sure all my dialogue responses are just lovely. Like I'm rescuing old women, getting cats out of trees and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like I'm I'm I really was actually really enjoying it. I remember I think I was actually doing the Steam Deck episode. And I kept putting it off because I was literally playing Deus Ex. I was like, I'm gonna do it in an hour because I'm playing this. And then and then I came to actually a sticking point I had when the game came in 2011. So the very first boss fight is against this guy called Barrett, who is a nod to Barrett from Final Fantasy. Uh obviously uh Square Enix getting their their Very good. Their, oh yeah, their, Square Enix. Oh, yeah. I didn't even make that connection. So yeah. Square Enix would have been publishing. Exactly. And they li- and they literally sold them this year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Embracer Group. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And even uh even in throughout the game, there's just very like it doesn't work, but there's like Final Fantasy posters and stuff. But really? like not yeah, it's not like kind of 
blends into the game environment. <laughs> it's like Final Fantasy, like whatever it was out at the time, like 10. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. really weird. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm in this terrible, terrible basement, but okay. Um, and uh, But so the first guy you fight is this guy called Barrett. He's this massive dude who's like, you know, he's a huge machine gun. He's really evil, uh, blah, blah, blah. And back in 2011, um, it was almost impossible to kill him uh, without shooting him, without like you know, doing in a, a violent playthrough, um, as opposed to a pacifist playthrough. Um, but with the director's cut, ten years later, they they'd fixed the bugs. So I was like really excited about that. I was like, oh, I'm actually going to be able to, you know, tranquilize him or whatever, and actually get through it. So did that, did the fight. It was you know, it was whatever a boss fight is in, in a 2011 game, uh, and then it cut to like an FMV, which Deus Ex does in a very abrupt way. Um, and like, I mean, like old school FMV where there's no real blending. Like, Adam Jensen looks like a completely different person. Um, so it cuts to this anyway. So the character, like the bad guys on the floor, is Barrett guy, and you're like, he's like having a conversation with him, but you need to get some information out of him. And again, remember, my Adam Jensen is a pacifist. He's like this guy who wants to kind of, you know, <laughs> be good and wants to uncover all this in the right way. He just repeatedly bashes his head off the ground. Like he just gets Barrett's head and just continuously annihilates him into the ground, right? And I'm going, oh my God, this is so jarring. This is really taking me out of it. And then, uh, and I was, I was getting like, you know, flashbacks of like, you know, Mo in The Simpsons, you know, he's already dead. Uh, the Little Rascals. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but that, and then he goes to, he, Barrett goes to grab a grenade and Jensen just kind of just stabs him in the neck. It's just super, very violent. And the game isn't that particularly violent. And so it's very, very jarring. Um, and it just it took me out of it in a big, big way. And it kind of, it, it, it was a start to me kind of starting to realize that this game was kind of offering me like an illusion of choice, like an illusion of kind of what I want to do in the game. And that, you know, I actually didn't really have much to say in what Adam Jensen was going to be. He was on this path and the cutscenes were the cutscenes and the game was the game. And the decisions I was making really weren't, you know, affecting, uh, you know, anything at all. Um, and that just permeates throughout the entire game. You just have that kind of vibe of uh, you're, you control Adam Jensen, these small little gameplay bits, but the minute the game wants to kind of take over and drive you one direction, it does it very aggressively. Um, and he, he ends up being like two different characters almost. Um, I'll tell you just one, one more kind of example of that because it, it made me, it was just so jarring and it made me laugh. Um, that mission I mentioned earlier but sneaking into the police station, right? Um, so I obviously was going to go in like super Metal Gear style, uh, you know, uh, head down boxes all that kind of stuff but you know kind of like in metal gear solid where every now and then things just get a bit out of hand someone spots oh, yeah. you and you know you shoot you out of trouble you're like oh my god this is a, a disaster um the problem with with, with dsx in that regard is that the whole police station kind of loads in one go if you know what i mean so if you shoot a gun or make a noise every cop in the building comes to find you and there's like 30 or 40 cops here um and so i know i could i absolutely could have you know done a bit of a scum save or something i could have been like oh i've been caught i reload and i was like no i'm gonna get myself out of this uh tried hiding for a while while they were looking for me that didn't work you know they just always seemed to see me through walls very very janky and so what i ended up having to do uh was i I literally just killed every single person that police station like you were doing your pacifist run i had nothing else i could do i I was like i remember trying to run several times and just grab the documents and run out couldn't kept kept dying and every time i would respawn they would already be after me so it was just it was was just like a really shitty game loop and so the only option i had and i I even googled it was people like just start start the game again i was like on like you Liam I was like you know maybe in, the, in six months or something like that I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing that right now um, so I just killed every single cop like people screaming blood and you know people loved ones and family members and all this kind of stuff um, and I remember thinking oh that's going to fuck up my whole save now I'm going to leave the police station and there's going to be like more cops after me and like it's just going to continue and so got the thing finished the mission like it was just and it was just so cold silence in the police station there's no no one alive and so i left and there was like two cops outside like two npcs having a conversation and i was like oh this had no impact at all in on on anything right so like no one has i've literally walked it's just a normal door i've I've opened and no one's heard like the two hours of gunfight and and violence and just back out in the the street again and like that's really really strange um fast forward like 10 hours and I'm coming out of my apartment after finishing like another uh, another mission in the game, right? And this random dude walks up to me dressed in a, a police uniform. I was thinking, oh, are they going to kind of going to maybe call back to maybe the fact that I was aggressive in that regard? No, not at all. Um, he was just like, uh, I I'm whoever, Mike, whoever. Uh, I have 
uh, there's something in the morgue in the police station I need you to go get and I can't go there because uh, I'm a disgraced cop. So can you sneak back in? I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm always sneaking into the police station. Like, you know, the there's game something in the morgue. There's like 30 dead cops. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So I was like, oh, God, can't go back there. Uh, and so I just said, out of interest, I'll just, I won't sneak in. I'll just go in the front door. And so, like, I have to give a prop that it's consistent in one, one way. Everyone was still dead. Every what? single character, like, all dead, right? So I opened the door. Who's running the police station? I don't know. And, like, the funny thing is, in game time, it's about three months. <laughs> all these all these bodies are just there and it was so it was so weird because i just walked to the morgue no one stopped me like no one said anything i got things from came back out um he he i remember he's like oh all the guys down the precinct oh you must have made some good friends down there do they really greet you warmly and i was like no dude i murdered them all already um so it's, it was just it's a very jarring game in, in that regard um and again if you i think if you just compare to something like mass mass effect 2 at the time uh your choices. I think if you're if if you're going to give the the, the player a chance to uh, to make a choice and like actually and like Deus Ex does it several times where it ask you these big big questions that give you the idea that it's it's going to really affect the character going forward or you know you sparing someone's life they'll come back to see them later in the game um, because the crazy thing is uh, the receptionist I'd killed right in the police station he just popped up again in the mission like four oh, or five yeah. hours later. And I was like, but hmm. you're, I was like, you're literally dead in the police station. I've seen your body. And you're just why like, you, why did you shoot the receptionist for us? <laughs> no witnesses, Liam. Once you, <laughs> when, once you start, I had to just kind of take them all out. He has um, a reputation as a pacifist to maintain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so disappointing. Uh, I didn't get any achievements for that. Um, but it kind of, and, and like, look, I still finished the game and I could talk about it for, for, for hours. Um, and like to me, you know, it, it's one of those games. I think if before I'd replayed it, Liam had invited me to one of his kind of game debate, you know, street brawls he has every week. Yeah, um, every month, Tuesdays now. Every month, right? We're yeah, running out on, of people. Ah, COVID, Limerick. Um, yeah, yeah, COVID. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, I would have like defended it or put it up there yeah. with any. I would, have, I would have, you know, and same with you, Kev. Like guys, play it. It's a really, really great game. I think you know, my mind it had held up really, really well, and I filled in obviously a lot of blanks. Um, but it hasn't <laughs> quite clearly. And so for me, I'm kind of thinking back, is it a case of, I suppose the question we'd all ask about the games we're talking about today, is it a case of that it was never a very good game and it was always had these kind of janky, poorly written, poorly kind of thought out moments? Or is it because of games like you know God of War, for example, Kev, that is just such a, the first time such a masterpiece or The Last of Us 2, games that have like proper teams and like delve into them in a, in a you know, if you're, if you're going to be a serious game, be a serious game, but then try and do it well, as opposed to Deus Ex, who tries to be a serious game and falls fairly flat, fairly, fairly quickly. Um, but I still, enjoy, I still enjoyed it. It's still a game. And I, I, I think in 10 years time again, I'll replay it maybe one more time just to kind of see, is it where it should be? Um, and I actually came across, and I'm giving some a bit of a, a plug here. Actually, I won't name them. I won't, I won't name them. But nice. there's, a, there's a really, yeah, fuck them. Um, there's a really good uh, yeah, uh, YouTube video I watched. And it's like a four-hour video game essay. I love a video mm-hmm. game essay. Um, on Human Revolution and why it's, 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 I think the title of the video is Deus Ex Rev- Human Revolution is Fine. Um, and some of so many thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was very, very, yeah, he's so good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a game. It's still kind of close to my heart, but like I actually, I finished it and just, I felt a bit deflated. I was kind of like, oh, that was a game I really loved. And now I'm like, I know I don't want to play any of my old games anymore because I don't want to tarnish uh, yeah, my, that's you know, the thing. my feelings of them. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of, that, that's kind of where I am. But what do you guys think? Do you think it's kind well, of, can I, can I, can I ask you something ahead, really yeah. quick? If, if it was a more traditional narrative, game like last of us part two or god of war do you think it would have held up better do you think they had over ambitions about them their their ability to make an interactive malleable changeable narrative is that where it falls down i, is I it think still so. a good story fundamentally without all I, that it's oh, no i really yeah. want to say i really want to say yes um like on <laughs> on, on paper even if i read out earlier right it does sound interesting like the, the first asx game was very much this kind of uh, all about kind of you know spies uh, kind of in the shadows and uh, it, like you know intrigue and it it, it worked really well because the writing was quite good particularly for like i think 2000 that came out in well the, the original um, deus ex is one of those things where there are some games like there's a lot of big games i haven't played but there's some of them you feel you've missed out on yeah. stepping stones of gaming of chapters of gaming deus ex has always hung over me as like whatever was happening in, in the realm of, of video games in 2000 i missed a big part of it you know 
And I think especially yeah, you, if you're you playing PC games, it's huge as well, yeah. Yeah, you should definitely make an effort to pick up Deus Ex Liam. You could probably play it on your microwave at this stage. You'll get it for about, <laughs> get it for about 24 cents on Steam. I've replayed the original Deus Ex within the last year or so, and that one does hold up, even though it is, you know, oh, really? it's an older game. It's a little bit janky. It's a little bit silly by modern standards. But I think because it's maybe less ambitious in how it reaches mm. for the giving the player choice or giving the player the illusion of choice that it's able to pull off the trick a lot better whereas it sounds like human revolution is trying to keep a lot of balls in the air at once but then also trying to tell its own story so it's giving you the opportunity to play your own way be your own adam jankson or whatever his name is um (laughs) but then the game also needs to end up getting from a to b so it'll just cut hard cut to an fmv completely yeah, disregard in particular, all of your character development and just move on exactly yeah like specifically the way you described it there marcy it sounds like you and the game were at odds with each other like, For sure. it, it, at, at critical turns you tried to make this decision and the game kind of went no that's not the story we're telling it's 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 really difficult to like be okay with it because there, there's another uh, like it, there's like this huge kind of overarching villain uh who's like you know overseeing everything right and it's like you know in the shadows for most of the game um and so you have to sneak into her penthouse which is like, it's like a two hour mission. It's incredibly long. And at this point, I've been trying to kind of make up for the sins of my my, my past in the police <laughs> station. So I was trying to stick to it, right? And so got to the very, very top. And like the, the, every corner, there's cameras, there's like, you know, guards there. There's other ways for you to get like, you know, mines, et cetera, trying to, you know, catch you out. Um, cut to the FMV, get way more abruptly than any time before because I was in an elevator and the elevator opened. So I saw the room and then went right to FMV and I was like, oh my God, okay. Um, and instead of him sneaking up to her, he just walks directly into the room, takes out a gun and shoots her just instantly. <laughs> like there's, there's no, and there's, there's memes of it on YouTube. There's no, <laughs> doesn't even kind of think about it. Shoots a woman directly in the face. Like it's just completely at odds with anything I've been trying to do mostly. Um, and it just, and like, yeah, it, to give the receptionist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. In that I mean, they were just it was, cops, a, it was a male. I wasn't gendering. That reception was a male. So that's very. <laughs> I wasn't gendering the receptionist. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, to your your question, yeah, I think it's uh, Kev, you're bang on. It's it's this kind of and or Liam maybe just too ambitious, right? For for what they what they had and the too many balls in the air that they couldn't pull it off. But yeah, still still a good game. Cool. Yeah. Have so, you? I'm curious. Have it? you played the the sequel? Was it Mankind Divided? I sure have. Yeah, that's um, verdict. So I I enjoyed it. It's it's a good game. It's um. Okay, will either of you play it? Can I give you a quick spoiler first? Because it's just it's, uh, sure. it's funny kind of what I'm saying. Okay, so if anyone is listening, you know, spoiler coming here. Um, so it's it's a game that kind of when it came out famously didn't work. It just it was really really buggy. People couldn't get it to launch. Uh, the console release is a disaster. Um, but they they fixed it. And so I I played it. About, I bought it. and I couldn't play it because this wouldn't work on my PC. Waited six months. Played it and I was like, oh, it's okay. Uh, it ends right. It ends in a way that you are expecting to play the final act. It's I, it's one of the most bizarre things. Like, give it a Google after this. Um, you're expecting maybe four to six more hours of, of gameplay because it's, it's much shorter than uh, Human Revolution or the first ASX. I think it's about maybe 16 to 20 hours. Um, and so you really are expecting this huge kind of next piece of the game, this big mission, that just rolls the credits. Um, and I remember being like... I, just so deflated because i was really thinking uh, you know because at the time i loved human revolution so this was i was really really uh, pumped for for mankind divided um graphics are fantastic uh the story is 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 you know is what it is um but this ending and like it's hard to kind of explain it uh you're you're basically at the top um of this bit again sounds exact same as the last game now actually you've basically <laughs> fought your way to the top of this building um uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of building work and uh it, you you know you fight the last bad guy or whatever and he basically has the building wired with explosives very kind of fight club-esque kind of thing um and uh in my playthrough he set the bombs off and like things just went to shit like people died and i was like oh my god this is crazy like what's the fallout going to be from this and i don't know because the game <laughs> the game just ended just literally it ended and i was like what um and like it is because they just they really just didn't have the time or they were pushed i guess into having to make a lot of, sacri- lot of sacrifice to get the game out and so it's not completed now they did release dlc about maybe a year later to kind of you know big that up or kind of fill in some of the gaps um but yeah it's like it's honestly it's a, it's a game series that if you 
and like Kev will tell you, the first one I think is like a masterpiece of a game. I think oh, it's for incredible! Yeah, the, it really is. Like it's so far ahead of its time, and it influenced so many games after it. So it's just disappointing to see where the series has gone, and it makes sense that it's kind of it's a bit dead now. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, but, do you think yeah. it is dead now that Embracer have taken the over the IP? Do you think there's a chance we might um, get the third game in that trilogy? I don't know. Do we want it? Do we, do we need it? Um, I, I, I would questions. rather... Yeah, but I, I'd actually rather if they remade the first one. Um, if that was their thing, if they did like a, oh, yeah. a remake of that, even though I know, to be fair, I haven't played in a few years. I did buy it this week, though, Kev, for 98 cents. Oh. So your 24 cents was very close. There's a, there's a plug for Steam. Um, you're, you're welcome, Gabe. Um, but, you plug uh, Steam, but you won't plug poor YouTubers who are just trying to get some views. Yeah. Or Detroit. Yeah, he, he's not uh, a poor YouTuber. He's doing all right. Uh, yeah. I actually know yeah, exactly what you're talking about as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it feels weird that all three of us know and we haven't named him now, but I feel like we should just commit to the bit. <laughs> um, instead to of doing that, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, 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 what game have you chosen for this? Yeah, so when you suggested the prompt of, of sort of a game that you used to love and maybe you've sort of fallen out of love with a bit got me thinking because i think it's a really interesting idea it's a really interesting experience of just being super into something a piece of art in some way and then over time just not being anymore like for whatever reason it like as you said sort of semi-sarcastically at the top whether it's you're a different person now whether sort of standards have changed like i was a huge fan of eddie murphy's raw when i was a kid and I don't know if you've rewatched yeah. Eddie Murphy's Raw anytime soon, but hey, it's tough. That uh, that ranks yeah. about a nine point eight on the Ixometer. Um, <laughs> uh, I, like I was a huge Kev, Har- you, Harry Potter Kev, you fan. You were the friend. You were sorry. You were the friend who loves Raw. Everyone has a friend who loves yeah, Eddie Murphy's Raw. I had a friend thing. who loved Eddie Murphy's Raw. I think Raw we had the well. same friends, Liam, uh, <laughs> right. uh, whose whose name is similar to the other person on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I um I never liked Eddie Murphy's yeah. Raw. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not really? even trying to big myself up, but like I'm just cathartically <laughs> just getting it out now. I was always right. that show. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously fuck <laughs> that show. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not defending it or the person that I was when I liked it, but I did like it is what I'm saying. Um uh, but yeah, I was a huge Harry Potter fan growing up and mm. that's obviously yeah. tainted. Uh mm-hmm. same with fucking Father Ted and the IT crowd and Graham Linehan shitting yeah. himself inside out on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough so it's just, it's, it's, it is, it is. We have a lot of issues to contend with, really. <laughs> so it's like between sort of those sorts of scenarios or like Marcy has discussed with uh, Deus Ex there, it's like time just moves on. Some things that just like you thought were good at the time just aren't anymore. And then you change and what you prioritize or you value changes over time. So the game that I've decided to discuss uh, as the thing that I used to love and now can get in the bin is literally every open world game. Ooh. <laughs> oh wow, I love it! He's doing it. Which I've, which I've, cho- which I've chosen symbolically. I've gonna, I'm going to put Morrowind up on the block as sort of my, my intro to the, the big open world genre. Uh, I, I, I for swing people, my big can, can I rhetorical thing? act. This is the first time I've met Kev in person. Uh, yes. This is the last time uh, I'm going to speak to Fair, Kev yeah. uh, in person. Yeah. God, you, I, I feel I feel like my one is going to have such little impact now because you just went for it, gloves off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, Morrowind in particular is not even really the best example because I still kind of think it's good. But it's it's mm-hmm. a good example of the sort of genesis of the things that I absolutely fucking hate in games now, which is big open worlds chock full of i'm doing some marcy air quotes here but content <laughs> that is basically is just wasting your fucking time now morrowind has famously one of the things that like the morrowind fans will brag to you is that there's so many like readable books in morrowind that it's the equivalent to like six novels Go yeah. read six fucking novels, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This is <laughs> coming out salty. Yeah. yeah, in the in the, the cons against Morrowind column, I'm also going to briefly talk about something that isn't to do with the open world, but does grind my gears big time. And that's the um the RNG to hit the sort of D and D style. Every time you swing, it rolls a dice in the background that determines whether you hit. 
so it has no bearing on where you're aiming or what the enemy's hitbox is. Yeah, yeah, so you can yeah. be standing toe-to-toe with a crab with a giant axe, just swinging repeatedly and never make contact. Um, so, Kev, the things you've chosen are open world games, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. fantasy as a genre, fantasy yeah, numbers. I think numbers, <laughs> math, uh, probability, joy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> say it. Two-thirds of the people on this call, and it's not the ones you'd think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of mostly being facetious, but I am in general kind of over the open world thing altogether. Oh, like it, I played, completely, or do you think they need a change? I think they needed a change. I think there was definitely scope for improvement. There was options. There was ways to do open world better. Like I played Horizon Forbidden West towards the start of this year when, when it came out. And I fucking love the story in the Horizon games now, especially the second one is absolutely batshit. I'm fully on board. I will buy a sequel when it comes out day one. But the actual moment-to-moment gameplay of it, I kind of fucking hate it. Like, I hate Mm. when the map expands out and it just fills with a hundred different icons of busy work. And, like, you need to complete the busy work to level up so that you can actually survive the main missions. But all you want to do is just do the main missions and progress on with things. Um, I just I just don't have time for it anymore. I don't have I don't have room in my heart or time in my busy busy schedule. I'm old. I sleep like sixteen hours a day. <laughs> You're a cat, um, <laughs> basically. Yeah. One, one, one question I have then for that because I and I, I'm really I'm with you here. I like a genuinely am, and I think I've even had conversations with Liam about this before. Um, but what like is there, are there any games that maybe buck the trend or stand out? I'm thinking like Red Dead Redemption yes. Two. What I'm kind of thinking, oh, which is actually four, four years ago. You but what up. do you think? I'm glad you brought that up because that was one I'm going to get to. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a game that I have spoken very carefully about in the past. It's a game that I, like, I can say it's maybe it's not for me, but I can understand why other people like it. No, I'm coming out. Guns are swinging. I know that's the wrong metaphor. I'm sticking to it. Guns are swinging. Red Dead Redemption 2 is shit. <laughs> it's a shit game. I'm sorry. I, yes. Oh, I love Redemption too. <laughs> yeah, I know you do, really buddy. And I, I can I, forgive I, you. <laughs> <laughs> and it would—it's it's so weird for me, who who would say the exact same thing about Grand Theft Auto Five. But you—I never thought I'd be the person defending a big old Rockstar game. But I think that game was great. I, love it. I think I think it's an amazing <laughs> story crammed into a video game that's wasting my fucking time. I feel myself mm. aging when I play it. When you're, there's this fucking 45 minute long animation of him skinning a deer, and I can hear my yeah. own breath echoing back off my eventual coffin. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus I can't Christ! That. <laughs> no, it's I a good no point, though, Kev. I I love the story. I love the vibe. Yeah, I I could I could only get through that. The characters game. are fantastic. I, I could only get through it by not doing side quests. I made a choice to go. I'm not going off the beaten path, which is mm-hmm. the game obviously wants you to do. But I was like, I'll never finish this game if I go off the beaten path. I didn't skin a single animal outside the tutorial in that game. I was just like, I'm not doing it. I just, I was just like, Absolutely. no, I don't like this. It's like it's like a, a, a hidden missing season of Deadwood that's great that's just been pasted <laughs> across a dog shit waste of time video game. <laughs> But I guess I guess the, the big ones that are I'm just being facetious, like, like. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We can see the fury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the, you know that, that that the listeners won't be able to. I think the big ones, Kev, I want to bring up then is like your 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 Elden Ring, your Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Are these the antidotes? Yep. Are these, and are, or are they also? And that's why. I, time? No, and that's why I said that there was a direction for open world video games to go in. Mm. to do something mm. different and interesting and worthwhile. And now they've done both of those directions, so they can stop. They don't need to do anymore. The new Zelda. I don't know. I'm hope I'm hoping it's just open world for like the first fifteen minutes, and then you like just get trapped into a series of dungeons. That that's my dream. But I really appreciate that you're really you're really sticking to it. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, so but, if but anyone has any questions on that, if they want to like uh, maybe get in the comments or get at me on Twitter, my uh, Twitter handle is at Liam Sheehan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PO box. Uh, but I, I'm. I, do you think? Because look, I think for the next ten years, we're still going to that open world games are still going to be the main focus, man. Yeah. Like I, you know, Starfield coming out. You know, Breath yeah. of the Wild two. Yeah. Uh, then you know, Grand Theft Auto six, New Elder Scrolls, and ever those come out, they're going to be some of the biggest selling games the next few years. So 
Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a trend that's going to keep going for forever? Or are we going to finally move away from it? I mean, as long as these games keep making money, they'll keep being made. Um, and like open world fatigue, as they call it, is a real thing. People are or do seem to be kind of getting sick of it to an extent. Those people like me are in the fully correct minority. <laughs> but yeah, but we no, live I mean, in a world. Like, we live in a world where we live in a world where Elden Ring and God of War Two are the two big games of the year, and they're like open world games aren't replacing our linear story driven games. If that's if that's if if those are the the comparable ones, you know. Yeah, I know it's it's not a binary. It's not an either or. Like, but. Um, all video games should be made exclusively to tailor to my tastes. So you're just really going. You're just going in on this. You're just <laughs> yeah. yeah. So from, from now on, every every AAA studio just needs to make like weird supernatural visual novels or something. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> but to, to your point, Liam, I think they kind of are replacing linear games because the mm. amount of games you've seen in the last few years are like, oh, what we've changed up a little bit now. It's mm. a little bit open world, like Last of Us Two was not open world, but it was like they give you mm. these much bigger explorable areas. Well, I'm okay with that because for me, that's not an open world game. And th- and, and also mm. that's not putting checkpoints on your map for you to yeah. go off to for busy work. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that was actually one but, of the examples I was going to bring up of sort of what uh, I term, and I don't know if I've picked this up from somewhere else or if I've coined it myself. I assume it's, it's a term that I've made up myself, but we're going to go with <laughs> open area games, not open world, open okay. area. So things like Last of Us 2 or the Final Fantasy 7 remake, games that are sort of linear narrative games, but occasionally open up and give you sort of room to explore and spread your wings. I'm all for that. That's amazing. That's so good. Um, just as long as it narrows back down again and takes away all the choice. I never want to have to if you think, if If you think of some of the franchises that we would have grown up with, just off the top of my head, that are now open world, like the last big Final Fantasy game, 15, Pokemon has got full open world. Um, Zelda, which obviously is the one that's always is always a good a good one. But I guess Marcy, you're right. Maybe they are. Maybe we are in the airplane. Because I, I I know as as a fan of Zelda and who tiptoes into the Zelda community online every now and then only to run away again. I know there's a lot of people who verdantly hate um Breath of the Wild because it's not classic Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, and my attitude has always been like it doesn't matter, Breath of the Wild is still amazing and we have like sixteen other Zelda games. You know, we're not fresh out of Zelda sure. games. But I can understand maybe the frustration of this style of game becoming ubiquitous is essentially where you're coming from. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I'm just being facetious here. I'm just being facetious. But <laughs> I don't think you are. I don't know that word. Because I was going to ask, do you think it's, is it more like if a game, okay, let's like take Morrowind, for example. If the the checkpoints you were going to were you know, not just pointless, you know, grinding nonsense bullshit or really shitty side mm-hmm. quests. There were more kind of intentional, good story-driven things or things you wanted to do. Would you be, like, maybe it's not all yeah. open world games. Like, maybe it's just the way certain open world games kind of present their content. I think I know what, you're, what game you're getting towards, Jonathan. Um, yeah, I think even in that scenario, I would still want more limitations put on me. Like, like take away the choice altogether. Just give me a corridor I can walk down, talk to the NPC, and then another corridor I can fight in, and then let me go I home. don't you think know? you want that all the time. I don't. I don't. I'm just being facetious. <laughs> okay. I, I don't I, even I'm, know if I know what the word facetious is. I'm just going to do the facetious now. counter. I'm clicking it here in my hand. <laughs> but yeah, Jonathan, to, to stroke you for a second, what, what, were you, what you were talking about, and what I don't know personally, is that the like Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring now, the anti-open world fatigue game has always been cited as Witcher 3. Mm. So Yeah, and so that I was going to actually say that or uh, Ghost of uh, uh, Tsushima, but I think actually no. you, you would disagree with me, Liam. Yeah, I was just thinking I that. Yeah, and I like that game. I like that game. I'm actually going to completely undermine every argument I've made and say that I absolutely love Ghost of Tsushima and played it obsessively right, when right. it came out and actually, actually ended up accidentally getting the platinum trophy because I just couldn't oh, right. have things to do in the game world. So that's but, weird because I like that game, but Kev, that is that is open world the game, that it couldn't that's, fit that's more into the, your all like your criteria. Textbook definition, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just being facetious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 man, I totally get it. I think most people do. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's a very fair comment. I, I think even I think even these days, people who are huge fans of open world games who might have been playing games like um, Just Cause and stuff like that back in the day, yeah. <laughs> more ones that were more kind of just um, in the wake of Grand Theft Auto, more just kind of sandboxes for fuckery. Yeah. I think a lot of people are getting um, tired of it. The game I always hold up, which is a game I really like, but I keep, I use it multiple times in this podcast. And in a phrase I'm going to now coin called excellent mediocrity is <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, per- perfect example. That's, that's yeah. yeah, that's... Oh, the Spider-Man's map screen makes me cry with its oh, incessant yeah. icons. And, and that game is so fun to swing around. I love the Collect combat. 50 I, I like... backpacks. Yeah. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to collect 50, yeah. but I'm 34. I've got much time left. <laughs> to undermine myself further, I did do all the fucking side bullshit in that game as well. <laughs> I think fucking, I've done this to myself. In fairness to you, you're re- recording the podcast now, not four years ago. You you, yeah. you went, you did Spider-Man, you did Ghost of Shima, and they turned you into the person you are now. That's why you're here, yeah. 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 And then like Spider-Man 2 is going to come out, and I'm just going to do it all over again, and then four years later record <laughs> another podcast where I complain about it again. I'm going to say it now. It's going to be like, oh my God. The symbiote has shed all over the city. I need to collect samples to study it, and it'll go into your map. It'll go bloop, 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 collect fifty symbiote yeah, yeah. flex. Ten million copies <laughs> sold right away. Yeah, ten out of ten IGN. Yeah, but yeah. there's an amazing bit where you fight yeah. you, you fight Venom, and it'll be class. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was a lot, Kev. All right. Well, I suppose now that we've <laughs> fixed literally all video games, um, Liam, what, what, what have you dragged kick, kind of, kicking and screaming to the table? I was always planning on going last, but after that, I feel I just feel like I'm going to go into my totally insular thing. I'm going to, going to begin my one by um, telling you a story of my favorite video game trailer of all time. Right, the year is 2001. That's right. It's, it's a story that begins that way. I'm like 12, so I'm obsessed with Final Fantasy. And in particular, I'm obsessed with Final Fantasy X. And Final Fantasy X came with a special DVD of DVD extras. You could watch the making of Final Fantasy X, interviews with voice actors. But there was also trailers for upcoming Squaresoft games. It wasn't even Square Enix yet, but it would be soon. And there was a game I was like, I haven't heard of this. I clicked on it. It starts in a very JRPG way, very nice orchestral music random dialogue on the screen that means nothing but it's kind of like oh, that sounds pretty and then there's a main character floating in water and it looks like a pretty standard jrpg main character except he has big yellow shoes and i'm like what is this this looks weird and different and then and then he starts going and i'm like wait what? and he's standing on a stained glass window and i'm like is that sitting beauty from disney i'm kind of i'm like i'm a big fan of disney but not like at that age not the classics you know so i'm like i'm still kind of like What's that Sleeping Beauty? And then boom, it's fucking Donald and Goofy on the fucking screen. And I'm like, I'm 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 losing my shit. I'm like, what is this? And then the trailer keeps going yeah, so on. At this and point, you're, like, you're standing up and you're applauding. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And there's Aladdin, there's Simba, Simba and Pride Rock. It's Tinkerbell. Fuck, that's Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. What is this game? And I was like, what is this? So Kingdom Hearts is what I'm talking about. Okay, and I... I often talk about what a huge Final Fantasy slash Squaresoft fan I've always been, but I don't. I think I think I've managed to avoid telling people on this podcast. I'm a huge Disney animation nerd as well. I'm absolutely I'm mad for my Disney princess musicals. I get drunk. If anyone's been drunk, you might have heard me sing "Part of Your World" from Little Mermaid a couple of times. <laughs> yes. I mean, not these days, but back in the day, that was one yeah. of my wheelhouses. You know, back in the all or nothing days. So I became obsessed with this trailer uh, and this game. Uh, this was right in my radar. And then a couple of years later, I got it for Christmas and loved it absolutely loves it and i don't like kev you had a big grand sweeping thing you wanted to do and marcy you had very intricate uh, kind of um, criticisms i don't really have anything to say except <laughs> i grew out of it <laughs> i grew i fucking grew out of it but, but i just want to emphasize it was the game for me it could you couldn't have had a better formula of weirdness it was squaresoft teaming up with disney to make an action rpg about main characters who go through disney worlds and I thought that was fantastic. And I would have played this when I was about 15 by the time, 14, 15 by the time it came out, right? And I was, that was quintessential time in my life when I was kind of, you know, not telling my male friends that I really liked the romance subplots and things, but I did. And Kingdom Hearts has a great love triangle in the middle of it as well. I was just all about this game. Fast forward a couple of years later, Kingdom Hearts 2 comes out. Now, if you look at any list of top 10, 20 PlayStation 2 games of all time, you're going to see Kingdom Hearts 2 on it. People love this game. I um and that was it. I hated it. I hated every <laughs> that, that single abrupt? part of it. I see. I hated, I hated every single part of it. 
<laughs> and I try not to be negative as much as possible on this podcast, but sometimes I'm just furious about Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 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 no, but um, I will. Uh, there's a caveat. I think I, I, I think any game that came out when I was like 17, 18, okay, a bit of personal things, or any piece of media in general, I'm going to look back at it with a weird thing because I just wasn't a happy person in those those particular couple of years of my life. So perhaps that is why I bounced off Kingdom Hearts two so badly. Because it has like Tron in it. That's good. That's great. You right. go to a Tron world in that one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You go to Lion King world and you turn into you turn into lions and stuff. It's, it was like, what's not to like? I tell you what's not to like. The ever-growing, expanded <laughs> plot line that erupted yeah. with Kingdom Hearts 2. And, and I, I played Kingdom Hearts 1 to death. Must have finished it about five times. And then got 2. You needed to play the Game Boy Advance spin-off, Chains of Memory. Oh. There was pertinent story beats in that game that led into two and that is kind of microcosm of what kingdom hearts would end up becoming it was yeah we're going to bring disney characters into it eventually we're going to bring pixar characters and worlds but it's going to be completely snuffed out by the ever-expanding squaresoft off their leash plotline that kind of grew out of it and i say this as a metal gear solid fan (laughs) perhaps perhaps hypocritically but i guess i guess it's just kind of a Courses for courses, you you like what you like, and I Metal Gear Solid has an absolutely bonkers slash not very good overarching plot, but I I love everything, I love its vibe, I love its obsession with Hollywood films, its obsession with uh, machismo by way of Hideo Kojima, <laughs> you know, whatever. And I don't like uh, SquareSoft's increasing convoluted bullshit plotline that doesn't real really mean much, um, and melod- melodramatic characters saying nothing at each other. Which is what I think Kingdom Hearts ended up becoming. Have either of you played them? I played the first hour of the first one. And yeah. It was horseshit, and I turned it off, and I never went back. Really, really good. Okay. Okay, so I went back and played it a few years ago, and I wanted to get that whole thing out of the way, because that's a stereotypical thing that people hate about Kingdom Hearts. And if a Kingdom Hearts fan hears that, they don't care. Because I'll meet them halfway, or I think a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans know it's nonsense. It's the same way I can meet Metal Gear Solid halfway. I can meet Doctor yeah. Who halfway. I'm a bit yeah. of a Doctor Who fan, even though I can rec- recognize that, like, yeah, exactly. And I understand people meeting Kingdom Hearts halfway and just like vibing with it and just enjoying that whole weird energy it brings. That's why I'm so perplexed that I don't anymore. Like, whenever the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer came out, I wanted to be there with all those people reacting online, going, Oh my God, it's Mike Wazowski and it's, um, Toy Story World, and I literally was looking at it, and I was like, you know what, this is going to be shit, and I know why. I went back and played. I went back and looked at Kingdom Hearts one. And what Kingdom Hearts does amazingly is it makes Disney bad, and it makes SquareSoft bad in one fell swoop. That's not easy. <laughs> it retell it retells classic Disney movie stories, but by way of new Kingdom Hearts mythology. So it makes them shit. It makes them like really really bad. The PS2 graphics at the time aren't Disney animation level quality, so it's like really kind of ugly as well. And it, back then it looked okay, but back, I don't know. Uh, I said this when I ranked the Final Fantasy games, that um, Final Fantasy X as well, which is a beautiful game with a beautiful art style, but it's in that weird uncanny valley era where they couldn't quite animate people that mm. well. You know, and Kingdom Hearts is right in the middle of that. So you see characters like Hercules, and like the, like the genie from Aladdin, who's this most amazing animated character ever, just like awkward fucking ps2 character with uh, a badly yeah. animated squaresoft stuff going on and the gameplay is not good it's like, it's kind of button mashy and uh, not in a good way and like you 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 kind of there's a level later on in that game called hollow bastion where if you press square to fight to hit an enemy that's in the air sora will jump up and hit him right automatically it's cool it's good it feels good but if you're over a hole and you fall down he falls down the hole and that level's designed where you fall down back to the fourth floor from the fourth floor to the he's having a stroke quickly fourth floor to the first floor nice so it's stuff it has really um awkward janky level design uh a ps2 couldn't uh although this came out around the same time as the wind waker in the gamecube which could render a massive ocean jack and daxter in the playstation 2 had not a single loading screen in the game it was loaded as you went but kingdom hearts is segmented into tiny little screen so even if they're recreating agrabah or uh, uh 
Little Mermaid lands. Atlantis, I think. <laughs> under the sea? <laughs> it's all under the sea, <laughs> perhaps. Kevin. We don't know. No one knows. Little Mermaid land. <laughs> that is not on land at all. <laughs> trying to fucking sell myself as a Disney fan here. But um, <clears throat> they're not cool. They're not you love cool realizations. Like ants. <laughs> <laughs> I love Titan AE. That's my favorite Disney film. But, Full um, Metal Jacket? Yeah, they're, they're not... <laughs> Stuff. My favorite Disney, my favorite Disney princess is Pile. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're not the Disney worlds are when they're rendered on the PlayStation Two. They're not like they're not as vibrant as they are in. So what? Yeah, exactly what I'm what I'm trying to say is that Kingdom Hearts just is just kind of this. Disney films are ugly in it, and it's all the worst habits of Square Enix storytelling. And I hate him, but I really, the reason I chose it for this is because I love them. So I really, I really, I love the first one anyway. So I really did decide to choose a guy like, like Jonathan, you chose a game that you have problems with, but you finished it and you, you think you, Kev, you went off on a whole. I was <laughs> just being facetious. But I, <laughs> but I really can't with it anymore. And like I said, I, I kind of wish I did because it might be fun to like them. If you could, like, you know, get into them, like, uh, like people like make really funny memes about them, and it is funny that you're you're there and you're playing this brooding anime characters, and Mike Wazowski and Sully from Monsters Inc are there. That's like a funny idea that should work, but it doesn't. And Kingdom Hearts now, I could be wrong, but from my perspective, Kingdom Hearts is bigger than Final Fantasy now. I think. I think there's oh, really? a lot of people who. I think so. I think there's a lot of people yeah. who grew up with Kingdom Hearts. Who got into Kingdom Hearts? Got into Final Fantasy via Kingdom Hearts, and that's probably my favorite thing about it. Is that <laughs> at least it, it got a bigger audience for Final Fantasy, which in a really kind of belligerent way, I, I'm going to be a bit of an asshole by saying the proper ones. <laughs> you know? And j- so, just to make sure, it's it's not you know you that that's changed dramatically. Do you still love Disney old Disney movies yeah. and the romantic subplots? You still they still yep. kind of touch you in the same way. I do. I'm still a big Disney fan. I'm still. I'm still. I think. I think. I have a higher standard for storytelling. Maybe right. Mm. I think these like Final Fantasy games, right, often have really convoluted stories. But I think the best ones, like I, I'm a fan. I can go like Kev. Do you remember in Final Fantasy X when Titus ends up being the dream of a city, right? Yeah, and, awesome. and I love that. Right? Mm. It's absolute wank, but I love that. <laughs> but I think the best ones have character relationships and kind of more micro stories within those that you can explain to anyone. Like if I tell you it's a Final Fantasy X is about a woman going on a pilgrimage where she knows she's going to die and it's about a guy falling in love with her and doesn't want her to die. That's a really simple thing to explain. I can I can do that to like Kingdom Hearts 1 as well. Kingdom Hearts 1 has a love triangle at its center, right? You lose that in Kingdom Hearts as it goes on. You absolutely lose it. And you don't have the, the core. You just have a ream of like, awful terrible shit going on. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not awful terrible shit but there's nothing to connect to hmm. so like the reason why it kind of stands out to me is because i could say marcy i've grown up i've grown up now and i'm i'm past this uh kingdom Hearts stuff but i loved final fantasy 9 when i replayed it final fantasy 8 like some some anime some cartoons i used to watch so i don't i have grown up maybe i'm into more mature media but i, I never tossed away all the old stuff i used to love except for Kingdom Hearts and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> <laughs> which is now also open world, <laughs> which is now point. also open world. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so that's it. I don't. I. I don't. I kind of had a feeling I wouldn't have anything super profound to say about it, but I. I was. I was wanting to talk about Kingdom Hearts in this podcast for a while. But I was like, I don't. I, I'll never get the opportunity. And then we were going to bring in like random. We're going. Well, well, our topic was going to be hidden gems. But then we changed it to this, and I was like, "Oh, it's Destiny, isn't it? It's Destiny Island. Yeah, it's I have to, I have to talk about Kingdom Hearts." So, yeah, tell me, did you did you finish two when you played it the first time around, or did you? Okay, and do you think there's any scenario or any world in which you're going to play three? No, and but three, three, three is mental because three came out years later, and I, I do my heart does go out for Kingdom Hearts fans who are waiting it for a long time. But in the middle of three coming out, how many mad spinoffs came out? And you know oh. they have the quintessential SquareSoft or Square Enix names as well, like Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. So I don't know if I wanted to play three, Kev. I wouldn't know like where to start. Like, do I have to play these other ones? Do I have to? I got a Dangarampa recently, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you I, mentioned and it, I, right? <laughs> and I ended up having to like watch another game on YouTube 
And after I did it, I said to get the full story for the third game, a spin-off game. And after I did it, I was like, never again. <laughs> never again am I doing this for a mental Japanese franchise. I want to play the games I want to play. I don't want to have to do research, you know? It's like here, everyone says to bring it to Star Wars for two seconds. I'm so sorry, but isn't it? Have you noticed people are, are people defending the prequel films now? And, yeah. then, and then going, they're yeah. good if you watch the clo- seven seasons of the Clone Wars. Yeah, exactly. and I'm like, no, absolutely not. That's not. That doesn't mean they're good. That That's anti-good. Anyway, I really didn't think I was going to turn that into as much of a rant as I did. I'm glad you did. I it seems like it was very cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> so, will we leave perhaps the angriest episode of Hey Look Listen we've ever done? So far. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so far. <laughs> I, think, I think Marcy, very analytical and reasonable. Mm. And then me and Kev are just out for blood. Which, ironically, <laughs> if you listen to the first few episodes, it's the exact opposite. So maybe we've all changed since COVID. Um, can I just say as well, if you like Kingdom Hearts, stop listening to the podcast. No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm just being fastidious. I just wanted a little joke for the end. I'm just being fastidious. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, we leave it there. Um, Jonathan, so good to do an episode with you again. So good to do an episode with three people again. It's a different. Yeah. I'm, Kev, I'm not reducing what we did, okay? <laughs> and I'm not reducing what I did, what I did one-on-one with with Owen as well. But it is it's fun to do it with three people. It's a good dynamic. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good, good. So I'll say goodbye from me and Kevin and Jonathan, and thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, 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 bye.